What does Jaleel Florence's commitment mean for Oregon as they are, as Dan Lanning says, a national brand in college football? Nothing but good things if you are a Duck fan. Plus, the transfer portal is here and it is here to stay. Has Oregon had any success with the transfer portal in the last few years? The answer is yes. I'll tell you why. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every single day. Day. If you want to get a question answered here on the show, tweet with the hashtag AskLODPod or just slide right up into my direct messages at Smalls underscore 55 or at Locked on Ducks. Make sure you're following the Locked on Ducks Twitter account as well so you stay up to date with every episode and all the latest Oregon sports news, of which there is a plenty. So, also, if you haven't liked and subscribed, please make sure you do that. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Helps with the show big time, and I always like knowing that you lovely, lovely Oregon fans out there enjoy the show. Jalil Florence is the big news for the Oregon Ducks. The four-star commit, pretty highly rated, four-star defensive back listed as a corner. That's what he will likely play at Oregon. Commits to the Ducks over USC, over Miami. This is a guy who had been offered by the previous staff, and then that staff left and went down to Miami. And by the way, just for those of you who are wondering, Miami just hired their defensive coordinator. They still don't have a wide receivers coach, quarterbacks coach, or an offensive coordinator. So I just thought I would throw that out there. I figured some of you would be uh, interested in that. But Jalil Florence is, I think, a really indicative commitment of where the college football landscape has evolved in a good way for the Ducks when it comes to recruiting and being an elite football program in the Pac-12 conference out here on the West Coast. Jalil Florence, back in the day, when I was really young growing up, I'm not that old, but when USC was in its heyday, this was an automatic USC commit, right? I mean, he's from the the state of California. He's a top, top commit or a top recruit. This is a guy who used to be going to the Trojans. Kayvon Thibodeau, Justin Flo, same sort of deal. Bryce Young, who of course went to Alabama, but they all used to just be going to USC, and they might be back up on the rise. They got Caleb Williams in the transfer portal, which took a lot longer than some people expected. There were reports about Wisconsin being in the mix, which was kind of random, but I think that this Jaleel Florence commitment says a lot about the Ducks, and it says a lot about Oregon football as a national brand, right? And I think that part of the reason the recruiting base changed or has changed so that Oregon is able to regularly be in the running for guys like Jaleel Florence is partially Chip Kelly and, yes, partially Mario Cristobal and the previous staff. They really updated or upgraded, I should say, the recruiting profile of the Oregon Ducks and their ability to bring in high-level talent from all over the country, but particularly out of the state of California. And Florence had a had a lot of schools interested in him. Miami was one with, with Cristobal and company, but now he had narrowed it down to two. It was Oregon and USC, 
and he chose the Ducks, which, as I said on a previous episode, for those of you who didn't listen, I'll give you a quick rundown. What this indicates to me is that USC still has more work to do to regain their power as a recruiting brand in college football, as a destination where guys want to go. Because if people saw Lincoln Riley as the you know, savior of USC, which he very well could be. I, I'm not doubting that. I think he will win games I, at, at a high level. Just, I think it's going to take a little bit longer than people realize because that roster is pretty depleted in a number of ways. But if people saw it as a one-year fix, guys like Jaleel Florence would have gone to USC. So I think there's still some work for the Trojans to do to get back to their peak in that sense though they certainly have a head coach who knows how to score points, knows how to play and win at a high level in uh, Power 5 college football. But these are the sort of battles that, that we should expect to have going forward as Duck fans. You know, that they really are. I mean, you look at the rest of the schools in the Pac-12 conference. Who else can recruit with the Ducks out of the state of California specifically? Chip Kelly, we know he doesn't actually love recruiting, especially since he's been at UCLA. Again, I'm always rooting for Chip. I hope he does well and continues to do well and is able to play out his entire contract and such because I have that affinity towards him and always will. But I don't think that UCLA is going to be in the mix for a lot of high-profile recruits. Washington has never recruited at that sort of level, even when you know they had those college football playoff seasons. They didn't show that they can go down to California and get guys like this and stay in the running. And, you know, lately Washington's having trouble getting guys to stay from their own state. I'm recording this on Tuesday night. We'll see if D, if uh, if Dave Iuli, the, the offensive lineman, it's either Iuli or Iuli. I'm sure we will learn that should he come to Oregon. He's coming out of the Puyallup area, area, and he's rumored to be between uh, Miami, USC, and Oregon, right? I mean, Washington's not there, so they have a long ways to go, and no other team in the conference has been you know, a, a legitimate recruiting power, the kind that Oregon will have to compete with going forward if they want to compete for a national championship and get the sort of players that bring you to that level. So I think that these are the sorts of battles we should expect to see going forward, as USC starts to build itself back up under Lincoln Riley. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, I mean, will Oregon have a tougher time getting high-level players like Kayvon Thibodeau, Justin Flo, and Jaleel Florence? Maybe, yeah, but it'll raise the conference's profile, and that on the whole is a good thing. Uh, I will do a, a full episode on that in, in the coming episodes, which is why you should like and subscribe if you have not already. But... USC being good on the whole is a net positive for the Oregon Ducks. I'll get some more on Jaleel Florence and what it says about Oregon after I tell you that in the new year, New Year's resolutions are abundant. And if yours are about losing weight, getting fit, eating healthy, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. You want to eat healthy, but it's just it gets so boring, right? And by week three, you're thinking, this isn't worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most of them have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein, and there are a bunch of flavors. Peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and more. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so this is great news 
for Oregon that, that Joel of Florence is coming. Not just because he is a great player, but how his recruiting process played itself out. He committed to Oregon. Mario Cristobal and that staff left. He decommitted from Oregon. He had a number of schools still interested in him. The fact that he came back to the Ducks proves that Oregon's power as a national brand, which we've heard Dan Lanning talk about extensively, and, you know, every head coach to an extent is going to try and say that about their team, right? Because you want to sell it as much as you can to bring in players, get fans engaged, all that sort of stuff. You expect to hear that from the head coach. But when a player like this chooses the Ducks over USC, that is a testament to how much Oregon's brand has grown and also the recruiting potential that it still has going forward and the base that has been built up over the last several years. He had said he got in uh, in an Oregon Twitter spaces a while back, which shout out to him, love the fan engagement, and shout out to any of you fans that were in there because recruits remember that sort of stuff clearly because he's coming up to Eugene. But the, the fact that he had said growing up in California, Oregon was his dream school, and he always wanted to go there, and he committed there to the previous staff, but then that staff left. And when that happens, it would have been totally understandable, and I wouldn't have you know, taken it as a huge negative if he had decided to go elsewhere, right? If he decided to go to USC, but instead, he comes back to Oregon. And what that tells me is that the Oregon's ability to become a legitimate destination dream school for highly rated high school recruits is prominent. It is really there. Because he committed to one staff, but he still wanted to go to the school. He, w- he wasn't about you know the, the previous staff. Obviously, he liked them because he accepted an offer from them, and he was committed there. But the fact that he decommitted, looked elsewhere, and still, as Matt Kearney said, left his heart in Oregon is really, really telling to not just the power that Oregon has as a national brand, but the potential that this staff, which is loaded with high-level recruiters, can have going forward. And I think that this is just a a really, really big-time get for the Oregon Ducks. Definitely the headliner, I would say, in this class. We'll see who signs on National Signing Day which is happening, you know, maybe as you're listening to this, this episode is dropping on Wednesday, but you know, we'll see who else Oregon is able to get, but there's a good chance that Jaleel Florence is the headline recruit when you look at the the 2022 class for the Oregon Ducks. One thing I wanted to dive into a little bit, which is just fascinating, was to look at, you know, he he's a four-star recruit. But what does that actually mean? So when you go on 24-7 sports, if you haven't been there, there's a ton of great information about high school recruits, college kids, their scouting and ratings, all this sort of stuff. 24-7 has a composite rating, right? And it goes technically out of 100. Nobody's ever gotten to 100. But for example, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau is like a 99.7 something and Justin Flo is like a 99.5. And I wanted to look because there's been so much hype about this guy and it's a big time get for Oregon, as I've been saying, where does he rank compared to recent Oregon cornerback recruits? So his composite rating is just shy of 94. I think it's like 93.8 or 9.7 or something in, in that sort of range. But so he's, he's around a 94. And just to put that in perspective, the last three you know, really good corners that Oregon has had. Mikhail Wright, Diamador Lenore, Thomas Graham, 
all of whom are playing or will soon be playing, That the last one being Mikhail Wright, of course, at the next level, all graded as a 96 and above. So at least theoretically, according to the scout coming out of high school, he grades slightly below those sorts of guys. But he's in that sort of range. And that is a starting caliber corner, a guy who can come into your secondary, start playing early in his career, and then be able to, to have an impact throughout as well. I mean, all of those guys, Mikhail Wright, Diamondor Lenore, Devontae Graham. I think, honestly, in college, Lenore was the worst of the three, and he made an NFL roster. I think he got a little bit... Uh, he, he could get beat sometimes being overly aggressive up at the line of scrimmage. But, you know, all of those corners, if you can have guys who can produce just at 90% of the level that those three did, then that is something that, that Oregon fans should be excited about because that's that's a guy who's got the potential to be a high-level corner. And, you know, why he chose Oregon, part of it, I think, as I talked about, is that Oregon has just become a really powerful brand, and he had honed in on this being his dream school, and even with the coaching change, he wanted to stay committed to the Ducks. But having Jaleel Tucker certainly helped, right? <laughs> and that's, you know, that that's what recruiting is. That's what recruiting in the transfer portal era is. That's what recruiting in... 2022 or any year is it's all about relationships and I think that the Oregon coaches certainly leveraged that and you know kept guys engaged and you know fans did a great job from what I saw on Twitter of lobbying for him to come to Oregon I don't know how much of that he actually sees but he can't see none of it and all that positivity all that positivity all that sort of stuff helps Uh, and I, I think that it's this is a really really good acquisition for Oregon especially in the year Remember, this is, this is the year that Dan Lanning and company just took over. I, I mean, they just got here. They haven't even, you know, had the chance to go through a full recruiting cycle. And the fact that Oregon's brand was enough to bring out one of the one of the top prospects in, in the state of California, a, a really talented-looking player in the secondary at a position of need for Oregon, potentially going into 2022, I think that says a lot about the Ducks. Get to Oregon and the uh, transfer portal and how it's been kind to the Ducks over the last couple of years. After I tell you that Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with real real-time live updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so I talked uh, briefly at the end of yesterday's show about the transfer portal and why I don't think Oregon fans should be afraid of it or view those players differently because at the end of the day, what are we looking for? We're looking for a national championship. And however those sorts of players can can come to the University of Oregon to get here and, and help bring that to us as Duck fans... I'm on board with it. <laughs> you know, I, I said this uh, a long time ago when Bo Nix first signed with the Ducks. Do you think LSU fans were at all resenting, like, oh, well, Joe Burrow wasn't a homegrown quarterback. He was a transfer. 
Nope, I don't think they are at all. And uh, I tell you what, Cincinnati Bengals have to be pretty darn happy that Joe Burrow transferred or else maybe he isn't the number one overall pick. And, I mean, what a story the Bengals are. Every time I say that out loud, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. What about that makes sense? None of it. Not a single word belongs, but Joe Burrow is just Joe Cool, and and I, I really like it. So, this year, Oregon, as of now, uh, has five guys that they've gotten in the transfer portal, including a kicker from Washington State, but Sam Taimani and Jordan Riley and Bo Nix. And, you know, the, the other guys that I've talked about on this show, Christian Gonzalez from, from Colorado, I think he's got the potential to be the most impactful coming into 2022. But I thought it was worth, worth a look at you know, as the transfer portal becomes a more regular part of Oregon football shaping its roster year by year, how has it been in the port of the last couple of years? So I went to look because the class of 2021 had no transfers in it, which is fascinating. And this year it's going to have five. But I looked at just the last handful of seasons and the guys who came to Oregon by way of the transfer portal. Devin Williams, Anthony Brown, and Jordan Happel were all in in the class of 2020. And Jordan Happel, by the way, that's uh, the safety, number 32, played with the club. Yeah, had the club interception up in Seattle against Washington this past year. What a moment. Love that guy's energy through and through. He was a pretty nice player, you know, not a not a not a standout star or anything like that, but you know, certainly what was capable saw the field, he contributed. Devin Williams unequivocally was Oregon's best receiver this past season. I, I don't think that that's even arguable. You know, Chris Hudson came on late for sure, but anytime he was the only guy that Anthony Brown really relied on. I mean, Devin Williams is he's got an NFL body, maybe he needs to put on a few pounds, but he was a transfer from USC. <laughs> Remember, he was uh, he, he was going to Oregon State. <laughs> the Beavers actually announced that he was coming there, and then he, then he didn't. Came to the Ducks instead. Yeah, good times. Anyway, but those were a couple of transfers. Then, of course, there was Anthony Brown, who was our starting quarterback this past season. For better or worse, he contributed quite a bit. Those are the the most recent guys. But before that, remember on that Rose Bowl team in, in Justin Herbert's senior year. Jawan Johnson was a transfer, and that guy had a really nice season for the Ducks. He started to come on more towards the end of the year, but was really a, a strong contributor throughout. You know, he made a couple of catches in that game against USC. I was there at the Coliseum. It was awesome to watch all the Trojan fans leave early. They were all very sad. It was it was phenomenal. But he really made the sorts of catches that we just haven't seen Oregon wide receivers make. I think the last guy who was able to, you know, catch a one-on-one fade route and, you know, go full extension and such, and just is such a big body. He's now a tight end with the Saints, which, you know, good good for him, and a testament to what I just said. He's a pretty big body. He he was really uh, a nice player, made the, uh, the game-sealing catch in the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin. You know, it wasn't perhaps the most difficult catch in the world because we drew Wisconsin offsides and then Herbert just swung it out to him and he accelerated by and made the play. Like, that was a transfer guy. And Vernon Adams was a transfer. And I have said on this show, I will say until the end of time, if Vernon Adams doesn't hurt his finger against Eastern Washington and has to miss a couple games and play injured against Michigan State, that Oregon team goes back to the college football playoff. That roster was loaded. That offensive line was maybe the best 
we have seen since these Mario Cristobal lines that have come through at Oregon in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, they they were insanely good and gave Vernon Adams all day to throw. The Ducks have had success in the transfer portal. I mean, those are just the guys that you know have come across the the roster in the last several years. And I could go back a little bit further, but I'll be interested to see how many good or even great players come via the portal because there haven't been that many, but it doesn't mean they haven't been there, right? There have been other transfers who came to Oregon who either didn't see the field or didn't contribute in a major way. And if I said their names, you you wouldn't really know. But I, I say this to point out to, to support what I said before. If you are concerned about the transfer portal and you don't like it, you aren't sure about it, look at all of those guys, right? Williams was our best receiver. Brown was our starting quarterback. Again, I know he had his ups and downs, but he was still a starting quarterback in a 10-win season. Happel contributed on defense. Jawan Johnson, great-looking receiver. And Vernon Adams, I just, I loved watching Vernon Adams play quarterback. You know an interesting thing? This is all wrap up the show today. If you didn't know this, Vernon Adams... When he came to Oregon, he got there late and didn't really have spring practice at all or, or something of that nature. He never knew the playbook. Is is my I have I have heard this. It is decently well sourced, I will say. He did not know the playbook. He would just throw to guys who he saw come open. And he was picking up the playbook as he was going along, and he was still that talented. I mean, he was absolutely outstanding. Would have been the author of a 10-win season had he not been hurt in the Alamo Bowl, a game that we will forget. But the portal can yield great things for the Ducks, and I think that Oregon fans should recognize that and appreciate the value that can come to Eugene that way. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.